Welcome to the Willie Jackerson Experiment. I'm your host, the one, the only, Willie Jackerson. Alright, so I have a great episode for you. I know a ton of people have been doing uh, podcasts and stuff about the uh, Titanic dive um, of the loss of Titan on the Titanic wreckage. Um, It actually happened uh, exactly two weeks to the minute where I'm doing this podcast right now, um, which is kind of interesting. I didn't want to jump in and do it originally because um, nobody really had any facts, but now there's a lot of facts pouring in. A lot of um, this is probably one of the first times I've ever seen a tragedy where the there was so much documentation done, uh, video interviews, um, stuff. Uh, it's just amazing the amount of information that's out there. Um, and so I don't want to basically steal anybody's content. I want to give everyone props for the great work they've done uh, researching all these different areas like... Uh, a uh, buddy of mine, uh, Jeff Ostrov. Um, if you go check out Jeff Ostrov, he's a, a engineer and a contractor and uh, does a lot of tool stuff. So um, I feature a lot of Jeff's stuff, um, not just for engineering expertise, but for, you know, tool stuff um, and just for, you know, overall expertise in the contractor industry. Um, I had one from uh, the Talking Telegraph, which was very just straight to the point and, you know, just stated the facts, which I really liked. Uh, There was some stuff from Curtis Media. Um, I really thought his accent was cool, and uh, there was a lot of cool stuff that he kind of brought up early in the whole thing. Um, You know, the depressed ginger was one of them that was in there. So any of these things, you guys could go in there to uh, YouTube and type in. Um, you know their channel and it should come up and go ahead and subscribe um, I always have E-Rock 331 um, I do a lot of Leo Marcelli and uh, Frog Leap Studios so you could always just type in Frog Leap Studios and subscribe to Leo's channel um, he had he does a bunch of um, covers and it's funny because I looked I really searched hard to try to find a metal song that went along with this topic um, you know, rest in peace, the five people who lost their lives, um, you know, Stockton Rush, CEO, uh, age 61, uh, aeronautical engineer, uh, from Ocean Gate, um, he lost his life, um, Paul Henry, um, Nari Jolet, uh, 77, um, he's, um, from the HMS Titanic Society, uh, recovered a whole bunch of artifacts, uh, a lot of this stuff's really controversial. Um, they basically, um, you know, a, a lot, there's been a lot of criticism about this whole thing, um, just from the standpoint of they should have just left the wreckage lay and not go down there and try to take artifacts back. Um, Hamish Harding, age uh, 58, uh, was a British billionaire and uh, adventurer, and uh, he was one of the ones lost. And then. Uh, 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 Shazanda, uh, Daywood, and his, uh, 19-year-old son, um, Solomon, 
um, they both lost their lives, and, um, you know, uh, I guess, uh, Shazanda Daywood is the most richest, wealthiest person in Pakistan, so, um, that's pretty crazy that, uh, he as well lost his life, um, this is a pretty tragic incident, um, you know, when you look, to me, it just blows me away about, like, the arrogance, um, that is my pretty much been my biggest problem with some of these people um you know i i don't understand why it's so hard to just be honest and just you know say you know what we should probably do some indestructive testing we should probably do this um you know to me just looking at titanium glued to carbon fiber as being like your solid pressure chamber i i don't see that being a reliable pressure chamber and then I feel that could possibly be something that you use and maybe, um, you know, do some uh, destructive testing uh, after X amount of dives. I mean, obviously, you you know, uh, if anything, Stockton Rush proved that you could at least complete X amount of dives with that kind of a, um, you know, design. So it's not that it's a totally poor design i would venture to say that the fail point was the viewport window but at the same time it could have been any number of things it could have been the flexing of the titanium and the carbon fiber um, points that were glued together um, and you know what's it really interesting uh, i wanted to do this um you know two three weeks ago or actually you know one to two weeks ago well, like first it first was missing two weeks ago and then they started to come up with like a lot of speculation a week ago and they finally kind of came up to the conclusion i believe it was uh the monday so basically like six days ago is when they came up with the conclusion that they found the wreckage they're bringing it up and all that stuff so you know like i say um the thing that's really amazing about this is the amount of audio that i was able to find on this um that is just crazy i mean to me it's just crazy you know for stockton rush to say that he's not interested in being safe that was just that was kind of a, a red flag and then you know with the uh, video game controller thing uh, i don't think that that's as big of a deal uh, as a lot would most people would think i mean obviously it was kind of crazy that the occupants are bolted in by 17 to 18 bolts and i thought that was interesting one of the uh, reporters in the audio you'll hear mentioned that they only use 17 bolts because you didn't need the 18th one so that's kind of interesting um you know uh this stockton rush claimed repeatedly that he had um design criteria and help from nasa uh, the university of washington and boeing and recently that has all been denied so every single piece of that information that they have given basically said that he had no blessing from nasa university of washington or boeing which was previously claimed um you know the craft went missing uh, Sunday, June 18th, uh, 
it, pro it lost communication at approximately 11.30 a.m. Um, and that local time of the waters they were in. And what's interesting is what part failed. Um, that's going to be a constant question because in order for us to improve a design, we have to figure out what fails. Um, everyone knows I'm an electrician. And uh, I deal with this constantly with dissimilar metals, dissimilar temperatures. Uh, we constantly have to seal our raceways to um, try to prevent those uh, raceways from getting like a dew point and uh, getting water into our electrical devices. That's a constant battle that we're dealing with uh, with refrigeration equipment, uh, freezers, coolers. Um, all kinds of stuff you you have a room temperature with a hotter temperature um, that also creates issues so we have to kind of keep that in mind um, you know so basically they said that the the Titan what the last communication was it was attempting to drop weight so if they're attempting to drop weight they're attempting to resurface um, I think that they kind of knew something was wrong, but I think when they f figured out something was wrong, it was way too late. Um, the basic, what we're the, what everyone is, it's still speculation. There's really no proof of anything, but what the, basically what happened was a catastrophic implosion. And that means it just, you know, basically exploded from the inside out at depth. And um, that was detected, the sound event was detected by the U.S. Navy um, at the exact time that it happened. Um, now, that's not something that they just have all these, you know, people sitting there with uh, headphones on listening at the ocean. This is something that they probably went and looked back at, you know, after they were like, well, hey, we can't find it. They're like, well, maybe we can go listen and see if we hear any kind of uh, undersea impacts or anything and they did come up with at approximately the same exact time it lost communication with this um, noise which uh, was consistent with uh, uh, undersea implosion and uh, you know they had reporters that went on there they had this on uh, CBS Sunday morning I believe it was last week was, um, but you know the thing is that this uh, this Stockton rush was he was an innovator he was a, a test pilot and a lot of times these guys take a lot of risks um, and you know it's very tragic and sad that he lost his own life trying to innovate and improve the industry and do stuff that nobody else had I guess you would say the stones to do but at the same time you still have to kind of keep these engineering principles <clears throat> close to heart or you're going to have these um, problems and uh, you know the Titanic wreck uh, was first discovered in 1985 um, four kilometers beneath the surface um, so that's about 3,800 meters um, they have actually found sea life that has been never been discovered before they actually named after the Titanic so a lot of this discovery has been like an amazing thing and just been a real testament to human innovation and uh, so I hope you guys like this episode I really appreciate all the love everyone reaching out
Rest in peace, the five individuals who lost their lives. And I really appreciate all the people uh, following me and giving me such great reviews. And I hope you guys like the content and I hope you enjoy the metal song that I picked out that I believe goes the best with this incident. And um, I hope everyone can just have closure and move on and learn something from this and possibly heed the warnings when somebody tells you there's an engineering problem we need to stop and assess the situation and move forward so uh thanks for all the love and i'll see you next week peace Last week, a transcript of the short message communications between the Ocean Gate Titan submarine and his ocean surface support vessel, Polar Prince, was released by several TikTokers and also a Pakistani educational YouTube channel. Now, we can't confirm its authenticity, and the internet seems to be divided. Some people think it's authentic. Some people think it's fake because the regular news hasn't mentioned it yet. So let's do a deep dive on this transcript and see what it tells us, and we'll decide whether this is authentic or not. Now, you guys know me as an engineer. When I do these types of engineering failure analysis for you, I like to base it on, you know, hard facts, evidence, photographs, you know, engineering reports, contracts, whatever, building permits. I'm going to give it just a little indulgence and we'll see, and I'll tell you why. And the critics are going to come in here and say, you shouldn't be guessing and telling people this, that, and the other, and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? Don't tell me that both you and me haven't at some point here put ourselves inside that sub and tried to figure out what was going on. Let our imaginations run wild. This transcript comes the closest to the scenarios that I think actually happened. And it seems to line up with the timestamps and everything. Let's take a look and let's see. And you let us know in the comments what you think after seeing this. So let's start at the beginning of the transcript. And remember, this is an unconfirmed transcript. So I'm gonna keep telling you this throughout this video. In green will be the polar prints, which is the top, and the sub will be in yellow. So our very first timestamp is at 7.52, and the top says clear for descent, enjoy the ride. The sub says descending now, launch sequence complete, ready. And the top says all clear, and then they say 
proceedings. So at 8.01 a.m., the Ocean Gate Titan submarine began its descent downward towards the Titanic shipwreck. And then the top side said, enjoyed the dive, gentlemen. So next here at 8.19, about 20 minutes later, the top side says, you're 15 minutes into the dive, current depth. System check, please. And the sub reports back a minute or so later. System check complete. All in order. All lights are green. We are 756 proceeding. And now this is where I added my note here that I think they're going too fast. And we'll talk about that in a second. This could either mean that they're at 756 meters or that they are at 75.6 meters. And I doubt they're at 75.6. That would be way too shallow for the amount of time they've been in the water. Anyway, the top side says, thank you, proceed. And then about 34 minutes into the trip, the top side says, you're 30 minutes in. Update, please. And 8.34, again, this is almost a minute later, the sub says, all systems are functioning normally. We're in good shape, continuing our descent as planned. So it looks like everything's going fine. Everybody's happy. But let me point something out to you here at this point. This is the Titanic is at 3,800 meters. And this is why I think they're going too fast. The descent time is two and a half hours to get down there. That's what James Cameron has done many times. And this is what it says on Ocean Gate's website. So at that rate, you're doing 3,800 meters divided by 2.5 hours, which means you're going at 1,520 meters per hour. And if you put that into minutes now, you divide that by 60, your average speed here should be 25.33 meters per minute. So just keep that speed in mind. That's how fast they should be going. So when I take that last timestamp where they checked in and said that they were at 756, here's what Titan's depth should be at that point in time. It should be 20 minutes in right here times 20 25 meters per minute, which gives you 532 meters. That should be their depth. Right now, they're at 756 meters and they should not be that deep. So I am concluding at this point that the Titan sub is descending too fast. This is implying that this is the authentic transcript. Now, if this was fake and somebody would just made up numbers, then they might have been wrong and didn't do their math right like I did right here. Okay, so moving on in the transcript, we are now 36 minutes into the trip and the top says superb, proceed. And at 8.49, they say over the 45 minute mark, current depth, and confirm status. Now the sub replies back about two minutes later here. The sub depth is at 19.34, all systems stable, and the descent is continuing as planned. Happy crew. And then the top side says, excellent. And then about almost 10 minutes later, they say you're at the hour mark and the submarine says all is smooth and sailing here. And the sub says all is smooth sailing here. And what I wanna look at here is this 1934 depth. Let's do a little math check on it. So here, here it is again, just repeated for you, the timestamp and the 1934 depth. Titan's depth should be at this point in time, 51 minutes times 25.33 meters per minute 1292 meters is where they should be where are they they're at 1934 meters so they're descending too fast again at this particular point in time based on my estimate and so now here at 915 about 15 minutes later it says you are at 75 minutes depth do you need to adjust velocity and the sub reports back all under control at 2960 no adjustments needed we're enjoying the ride and the top says understood so now let's analyze these numbers so when i look at these numbers here here it is repeated for you the 2960 the titan's depth should be we're at 77 minutes times 25.33 meters and we end up with 1950 meters they should not be at 2960 meters remember these guys are basically halfway through the trip and they're already three quarters of the way down and i think here the sub is just still descending too fast. Now, here is our first sign of trouble, folks, for the Titan submarine. It occurs at 9.28 a.m. with this 
message on the timestamp. The sub says, we're noting an alarm from the RTM. And then about 20 seconds later, they type in reducing velocity. Descent depth is at 3433 right now. So let's go take a look just real quick quickly at this and check this depth and the titan's depth should be at this point we're 88 minutes in so it should be 88 minutes times 25.33 meters which is 2229 meters that should be how deep they are but instead they're at 3433 meters they're 1200 meters deeper than expected based on all of the normal estimates based on my math and so now the ocean gate titan sub is an hour early they're 400 meters from the titanic shipwreck site and again i'm telling you that the sub is descending too fast now i showed you this in my previous video here on the titan submarine disaster this is the scale and the distance that they probably were from the titanic including how far off to the side because they found them about five or six hundred yards away i believe so they probably got around to this point now they would not have been able to see this because it's pitch dark down there and you can only see the titanic once you're right up close to it and you turn your big bright lights on they ride down in the dark but this is the vantage point of where they were sitting when they had to turn around and go back up. They were this close. For those of you not familiar, RTM stands for Real-Time Monitoring System. Now, OceanGate had boasted about this on Instagram a few years ago about how it, the system would detect their hull defects with incredible accuracy and well before the safety of the crew is threatened. And here's their post on Instagram right here and it says, this real-time monitoring system samples sound waves through the hull many times per second providing incredible accuracy and allowing us to assess the health of the hull during the dive. It says right here, which is ironic, that our extensive testing and that of many researchers over the last 20 years has shown that increased acoustic activity always occurs well before the structure fails. I guess that wasn't the case here in this particular disaster. What a shame. So anyway, now I've changed everything from the sub to be red since they are in crisis mode. So now the top says, understood, do you need to ascend? So the sub replies back with no change with thrust. The rate of descent is increasing at 35 now. Going to release the ballast now. And the top says, yes, agree, release the ballast. And the sub says, no improvement, preparing to jettison the frame. So something's happening. They've got too much weight apparently, and it's not slowing them down. So now they have to ditch this, I believe is what they were getting rid of is the frame. And the top says affirmative, update when able, RTM indicator status. So they're asking them again to tell them what that real-time monitoring system is telling them. And about almost three minutes later, the sub replies back with the frame jettisoned, multiple attempts needed, but starting the ascent now. So it looks like they're going up now. And apparently from other reports that we've seen is from the reports we've seen, they have to line everybody up on one side of the submersible, which is strange, to drop the ballast weights. I don't know if they had to do the same thing here for this too, but it looked like something wasn't going right at first and they, it took them several tries. So now the top side here is surprised and they write, what, you know, multiple attempts? What is your status? RTM indicators in depth. They didn't get an answer. And a minute later, the top side comes back again. It says, update, please, when able. And then finally, here's the really ominous text from the sub. It says, crackling sound at F. And that means they, back in the back side of the sub over here, is where they heard some type of crackling. They're not really sure where it's in the F, but remember they're sitting in here and there's probably a walled off section in here that has all the equipment that they can't see because it's behind the wall. And so who knows what was going on back in there. And then the top side replies back with, can you identify the source question mark and RTM indicators. So this is probably the third or fourth time they've asked them to give the RTM indicators and the sub hasn't given that yet. Now the sub just writes neg. So really short, 
tersely worded. Same with back up here at this one. You'll notice they've ditched a lot of the punctuation. So that says to me that they're in some type of panic mode and they're just trying to do things as fast as they can. They're just typing with few words as possible now. And then again, the top side asks for the RTM status about four minutes later after you know, numerous attempts, as you can see, asking them. And the sub finally replies back two minutes later, trying to run diagnostics, ascending now, but very slow. Sounds have subsided. Global RTM alert active all red. Now, when they say all red, I don't know how many LEDs they have. Do they have one for every sensor? He supposedly has a, at least, I thought I read a report somewhere that there was like 20 sensors. Does that mean there's 20 LED lights? We don't know. This does not sound good, especially where it says the sounds have subsided. You think, oh, that sounds like good news. But this, to me, global RTM alert active all red. So that doesn't sound good. I would be just shaking in my boots at this point. Okay, so now the top side replies back with understood any codes, question mark, you know, depth, ascent rate, and they didn't get an answer back. So they say updates when able, please. Then finally, the sub replies back and says slow ascent in progress. Quarter predicted, unclear why rate is small, no indicator, and they're at 34 76. So as we recall, they got as low as 35. Okay, so pay attention to this number because here they are at 3476. And remember, so they were at 3,500 meters before they started the ascent. So they've only gone, looks like about 24 or so meters here. And now at 944, the top comes back here and it says, we're talking it over with the engineer, stand by. So they're trying to figure out why the rate of ascent is too small going up and they're probably trying to figure out what's going on with these thrusters here and so now at 945 11 the top says depth and status please they want to know what's going on what's the wattage on the upwards thrust and the sub replies back here at 94637 reading red on the a power bus i switched to b at 34 57 meters and more sounds aft so this is sounding really bad so they're hearing the sounds again the a power bus has already gone out which means the battery was probably compromised or something there so they switched over to the backup which is b as you see down here so here's what is alarming to me look at their depth right here 3457 meters about three minutes ago they were up here at 3476 meters so the ocean gate titan submarine by this point in time has only gone about 20 meters in three minutes that's 60 feet in three minutes. That's way slow. So something was definitely going on. Looks like they were desperately losing power. Their power systems were failing. I am wondering if somehow water leaked into the back of the... Now we know that a lot of experts will tell us, okay, if a little, even a pinhole of water gets in there, it's gonna send like a laser beam of water in there that'll slice your arm off, which is true. But these guys are sitting in here and it may have started real small in there in the back as maybe a void, maybe a enough voids or stress on the carbon fiber would allow just enough water to, to start collecting in the back end there and maybe weigh things down. We don't know. So let us know down in the comments below what you think about that. So now at 947, the top says understood, continue ascent, talking to Carlos about the power bus situation right now. And then they come back about a minute later and they say, we're activating recovering procedures. Carlos is requesting wattage output from bus B. Status update, please. Velocity of ascent. And then a minute later, they say, top, we're not receiving you. Update, please. And then another minute after that, they say status and depth report. So notice who's doing all of the communication here. This is all in green. This is the top side. This is the Polar Prince doing all of the talking. So this is why I think by now the sub has already imploded. So when do you think it imploded? Well, if we go back to here, look at this timestamp. 
94637 was their last transmitted message up to the boat. Not even a minute later, they're not getting a response. So I'm going to call it at 947 that it probably happened right before these guys sent th this message. That that would be a, probably a reasonable time to expect that that's when it happened. And remember, all the news reports say that they lost contact at about 945 in the morning. So this is not too far off. The last message from the Titan submarine to the boat would be this. If this is the original an authentic transcript and it says right here reading red on the a power bus i switched to b at 3457 meters more sounds aft and well the rest is history we know what happened there so if we look here according to these timestamps, the duration of the titan sub disaster it started at 928.16 and i called it at 947 so it looks like the crew had nearly 19 minutes where they were in panic mode and managing the emergency so this is totally scary. I have run this scenario through my brain just numerous times since day one. And I kept trying to put myself in that sub and going, what, what do you think they were going through? What would I be feeling? What would I be seeing? And it's just so scary to know that these guys spent 20 minutes in, in fear of their lives. And you can bet that Stockton Rush was probably trying to calm them down, going, hey, listen, guys, no, no, I've got the patent on this system here. It gives us hours of notice. We'll have plenty of time to get this submersible back up to the surface and we'll be having drinks in no time. But of course it didn't turn out that way. Everybody on the internet is arguing over whether this is an authentic transcript or not. And some are saying, well, this wasn't released officially, so this is probably fake news. How do we know this is real? How could anybody have gotten their hands on it? Well, remember the submersible community is a very tight knit community, man. And so somebody could have sent a copy to James Cameron. He said he knew the day after that something was wrong. He knew that they had dropped ballast. He knew they were at 3,500 meters. How did he know? Somebody probably sent him a copy of the transcript. Take a look at this. Tell us what you think. You know, um, Robert McCallum, somebody might have sent it to him as well to look at. You know, there was a lot of people working on that boat and they could have sent it to friends and advisors to have them take a look at it and get their opinion as well. So it doesn't take long for stuff to start circulating around. You just never know. But we'll never know for sure until the officials release the transcript later on. And also make sure you binge watch the other videos that I've uploaded here on the Titanic disaster. And make sure you check out some of our other disaster videos. And also on this channel, we cover tours of the hardware stores like Home Depot, Lowe's, and, all, and even Costco, showing you what the latest, greatest big deals are there. So thank you so much for joining us today, folks. And we'll see all of you on the next one. We have plenty more to come. Cameron, you don't have to do this. Why don't you just go back to your house in Malibu? Go work on another movie. I have to do this. I have to try and raise it. The bar isn't something that actually lowers, Mr. Cameron. Then how do you explain all the fat people on mobility scooters? How do you account for Honey Boo Boo? The bar has been lowered to depths we can't even fathom. If anyone can go down there and raise it back, it's me. UV lights on, pressure system is normal, music on. His name is James, James Cameron, the bravest pioneer. No budget too steep, no seat too deep. Who's that? It's him, James Cameron. Systems are normal. You guys hearing the song okay up there? 
James Cameron, explorer of the sea. Yes, James, we hear the song. Descending to 1,000 feet. I don't see the bar yet. Looks like it must have sunk pretty low. With a dying thirst to be the first. Could it be? Yeah, it's him, James Cameron. We have a, a carbon fiber hull, five inches thick, uh, and titanium uh, domes on the end. One of the things that uh, I think a lot of people appreciate is if you're not breaking things, you're not innovating. Uh, if you're operating within a known environment, um, as most submersible manufacturers do, they don't break things. Uh, Woods Hole uh, does a lot of autonomous things. They have a whole wall of stuff they've broken. To me, the more stuff you've broken, the more innovative you've been. And this is a third scale model that we took to the chamber at the University of Washington and took it to destruction. Uh, and once you go over 6,000 PSI uh, in the Ocean Sciences Building, you can only do that at night. And then they get on the loudspeaker and they tell everybody to get out. And now I'm standing next to this chamber and we blow this thing up. It's the loudest thing I've ever heard. It shook the whole building, blew out all the pressure sensors, which I had to rebuy for the university. Um, but it helps us validate an acoustic monitoring system because in the research found out that with composites what you really want is acoustic monitoring. Strain gauges don't tell you a lot because they just tell you the deformation on the inner surface. When you're dealing with composites, uh, acoustics will pop and crackle and it's almost like having an EKG. You can tell how the hull is doing and if we were going to stretch this new material in a new environment with people inside, we needed to know well before it failed that it failed. Our rule is we risk capital, we don't risk people. So if somebody comes to me and says, hey, here's some, a new idea for the, the sub, if the, uh, the uh, end result of that failing is that we cancel a mission or we lose a little money, that's fine. If somebody gets hurt, then we go and find out a, a different approach. And with the acoustic monitoring system, we can tell if the hull has had some problem over time. Maybe uh, it was run into by a forklift and we didn't know it or dropped in its transport on its way to the East Coast. Um, because the pressure and temperature at 1,000 meters and 2,000 meters and 3,000 meters is always the same. And so if it's making noises at that depth that it didn't make on the last dive, then we can stop the dive, we can go up, and we can find out what might have happened. Um, we made one hull. Uh, I took it to 4,000 meters, um, uh, and it made a lot of noise, which is a very sphincter-tightening experience. Um, <laughs> We brought it back, and it wasn't getting quieter on the second dive. It should have been dramatically quieter. If you think about it, when you get to this uh, maximum pressure, it's a thing called the Kaiser effect, you get a lot of popping and crackling. And the next time you go to that pressure, you should have a lot less. All those weak fibers and voids have all been taken care of. And this hull wasn't doing it. So we scrapped it. We went back. We built another one. The first one we had done was with a uh, highly recommended uh, marine manufacturer. We went to aerospace quality. We use the same uh, pre-preg that's used on the 787 with our partners, and we couldn't have done any of this without partners, a uh, great partner in Electro Impact up in Everett. Great to be in this community where there is such a um, preponderance of expertise in titanium and carbon fiber and manufacturing and engineering. We did work with Janicki, Boeing, NASA. There's 667 layers of carbon fiber uh, in just a, what's called a 090 uh, axial and um, um, uh, rotational uh, layup, which is not normally done, but in the ocean, that's all you see. You don't get any torsional moments. We built this hull up. We um, were, uh, tested it at the Deep Ocean Test Facility in Annapolis, Maryland, an amazing uh, facility, the only one on the planet where you can put something like that in a, for a test. And then in 2021, after having to cancel twice before, we were able to go out and dive on the Titanic. 
the challenges that we've run into in uh, regulatory transportation, we're shipping containers across country, across international boundaries during the pandemic. We got all of our mission specialists in with much difficulty. Uh, and we're able to do some dives, capture some amazing footage, uh, and then went back this last year uh, and actually brought an 8K camera because we have this gigantic dome. You can see the mission specialists have their, their iPhones in there capturing great images. We get great images on the outside. Um, and one of the things I really liked was on the last dive of the last mission this year, we had one extra dive. So when we go out, we are out on, we're over the Titanic for five days. We have to do two dives to um, fulfill what we've told our uh, mission specialist clients, uh, they're gonna get to the Titanic. We've got five days to do that. We were weathered out on every cycle. We only got the two dives that we needed to get. On the last day, the last dive, we had one extra one, and we dove on a, a target that was uh, a sonar target from 25 years prior, thought it might be a shipwreck. It turned out to be a subsea reef, uh, 10,000 feet underwater, and it had all these sponges and soft corals. Uh, you can see the two green dots there. Those are uh, 10 centimeters, four inches apart. So these are fairly large structures, and we'll be, you know, have a press release and submitting some papers on this amazing um, oasis of biodiversity in the abyssal plains, uh, the, the uh, researchers like to say. It's really incredible. This is what I love doing about going in the sub. Every time I dive, I see something I've never seen before that no human has probably ever seen before. This is when you're, if you weren't on this uh, reef, it's just mud with occasional rocks that get dropped by icebergs coming south. So as icebergs come down and melt, they'll drop these bombs of rocks and then over the years, uh, maybe a coral will grow on it here and there. But this thing was incredible. It was 20 meters high, 100 meters long and, uh, and totally unknown and undiscovered. I come back to the media part of this. If I'm gonna change our awareness of the ocean, it really is gonna come through the media. And we had, um, we do a lot with video. Uh, we had some great 4K video that we put out last year. When we launch something on YouTube, we typically 10, 20,000 views is considered pretty good. Uh, this year we had, uh, we launched a, a video that got to a million views after two months. We go, wow, that's great. And then three weeks ago, we launched a video of our 8K and it went to four million views in two weeks. And I don't know if you've had viral videos, but it's really sort of a fun feeling. You wake up in the morning, you want to see how many more people. It's very addictive. Um, but what we're doing with the 8K and the 4K is to try to make this uh, more accessible for, for the folks who can't afford the $250,000 that, that it costs to go with us on the dive. But what we want to do is do immersive exhibits like the Van Gogh and other immersive exhibits that are very popular so that you can go out and see an image of the Titanic as it was just a few months ago or over the period of years as we go back year after year in photorealistic three-story high image. Uh, I think that's gonna be very compelling. We're also working on streaming series and uh, BBC will have a piece coming out actually tonight on, on our expedition. But that's really how we're gonna change how people perceive the ocean, at least in my opinion, and hopefully get us spending as much time and money and attention to the ocean as we do to space. Uh, I think space is wonderful, but I'm a little more prone to think that, that the ocean is, is really right now the critical thing we've got to understand. Climate change, how, we, how the planet responds to climate change, it's all in the ocean and we know almost nothing. Um, so I'm really excited to do that and thank you again for, for having me here and it's been great to present what we do.
there's a fire starting in my heart Reaching a fever pitch is bringing me out the dark Finally I can see you crystal clear Go ahead and sell me out and I'll lay your shit bare See how I live with every piece of you Don't underestimate the things that I will do There's a fire starting in my heart Reaching a fever pitch and it's bringing me out the dark The scars of your love remind me of us They keep me thinking that we almost had it all The scars of your love, they leave me breathless I can't help feeling we could have had it all Hope you enjoy it and please, as always, buy my music on iTunes and everything, links in the video descriptions. My patrons, I salute you for the generous support you give me and have a great year everybody.
to be remembered as an innovator. Um, I think it was General MacArthur said, you're remembered for the rules you break. And, you know, I've broken some rules to make this. I think I've broken them with, with logic and good engineering behind me. The carbon fiber and titanium, there's a rule you don't do that. Well, I did. It's yeah, this topic uh, about Titan, the submarine that tragically imploded on its way to Titanic earlier this week. Uh, basically, we're doing some research into the CEO. Um, and there are some very interesting things out there about him, to be honest with you. Uh, so what I've done, I've compiled a few interviews of him prior, obviously prior to this, and also him talking about how he designed a, a hull, a very similar um, material, a fiber comp composite material, like not, not like uh, steel or anything like that, but carbon fiber, where two different substances are put together and layers and layers and layers are made, etc. I'm sure you know with carbon fiber, when you look at the inside, the, the unfinished side, you can see like um, almost like stitching of material, you know, where it's, it's overlapped together. Anyway, he talks about that and talks about how he went down to 4,000 meters, which is just deeper than Titanic. He went down years ago in this in this hole and apparently it cracked and popped all over the place and it really scared him. And he said, we went down a second time and these noises are supposed to be less the second time. You know, all the little weak materials, he claimed, weak materials, uh, that's a bit worrying, should pop and crack the first time, the second time it should be far less or gone. And the second time he went down in it, it was equally as loud. So for him, he said, right, let's scrap that. We'll make a new one. And the new one is Titan, right? So he talks about that. It's a very, very interesting interview. Um, interview slash talk, all right? Many of you won't have seen this before. Um, so stay tuned. And it just goes to show that... There are people out there who maybe have the heart in the right place, like 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 this man. But they're very impulsive, maybe. Maybe a little bit like me. They're quite impulsive and they don't go through the proper procedures, you know, to get these things done properly. And they want to do it on their own back and they want to be the hero. And he also talks about wanting to be remembered for, as we just heard being an innovator and somebody who broke the rules and succeeded maybe and made this new thing where he had broke rules to get there and he was the first to do so, you know. <clears throat> you can understand from an engineering perspective then, you know, everybody wants to be that person. But when it comes down to something like this, like I don't have a huge understanding on these types of things, right? I'm not claiming to be an expert. But I do have an understanding on pressure. I do have an understanding on underwater pressure. And I also have an understanding on materials as well. Now, the pressure down there, you know, you, you, you can quote all these different numbers that people maybe can't put into perspective, right? But 3.5 tonnes, 4 tonnes of pressure per square inch, right? Now, a square inch is obviously 1 inch by 1 inch, right? So very, very small area. 3.5 tonnes pressing on that every square inch all over the thing, right? That's incredible. Like, that is an insane amount of pressure.
the colors were just staggering. I mean, you have these reds and greens and blues that you just don't see in a lot of images because they don't get as close as we were to and you can't get enough light on it. But once you get a lot of light on it, you get these colors just step out. And I was amazed. I sort of look at this thing and go, this is, I don't know, even if you didn't know what it was, you'd say, that's a beautiful picture. You were so excited about being able to make this happen. And now that you've done it, how do you feel? Uh, well, I can tell you how I felt right when we were done, which was exhausted. Um, and now I'm just, uh, I, I got the same anticipation of what comes next. We're, we're doing this tour of the sub, and then we're going to go back in uh, next year, so gearing up to do it again. And then all the things that are now coming out of it, now that we've been to the Titanic, um, the number of you know, partners and folks who were sort of on the sidelines waiting to see how it turned out um, are all now super excited to you know, join in. to the wreck, I think what I found the most um, surprising, um, it, it looks like it does in the, you know, the movie Titanic. You get to the bow and there's, a, there's that moment of awe when you're, you're looking at the bow and saying, well, this is what I've seen so many times. The shot everybody knows. The shot everybody knows. Um, and as you can see, very little current, so we're just able to, to cruise along here. So this is just debris from the wreck. You know, there's a, uh, a saucer. To do this, we had to uh, use a different material. Um, titanium is the common, there's some, some high-strength uh, carbon steels that are used, I think the Russians use those, but uh, titanium uh, is, um, let's put it this way, carbon fiber is three times better on a strength to buoyancy basis than titanium, and underwater that's what you care about. It's not strength to weight, it's strength to buoyancy, and yet no one had done that, and there are uh, certifying or semi-certifying agencies, the uh, Pressure Vessels for Human Occupation Committee that uh, handles hyperbaric chambers and submarines. You have the SubSafe program in the, uh, in the Navy. These programs are uh, over the top in their rules and regulations, but they had nothing with carbon fiber. So we had to go out and, uh, and work on that. And one of the things I learned is, you know, when you're outside the box, it's really hard to tell how far outside the box you really are. Uh, and we were pretty far out there. So we have a, a carbon fiber hull, it's five inches thick, uh, and titanium uh, domes on the end. It took 73 years to find the Titanic, but with all the modern technology in 2023, why did it still take so long to find the Titan? Descending from the Polar Prince, the Titan lost contact an hour and 45 minutes after it started to dive, embarking on a chilling journey almost 13,000 feet deep. Rescuers scanned the surface, hoping the submersible had risen after the communication cutoff. However, the ocean is incredibly challenging when using GPS scanners. This is because of the molecular composition of air and water. GPS scanners rely on satellite signals traveling through the air, where molecules are spread out, allowing the signals to pass through with minimal interference. However, in water, molecules are closer together and interact differently with the GPS signals. Water molecules absorb and scatter the signals, weakening their accuracy and making it challenging for GPS scanners to determine an accurate location underwater. 